Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the palatial studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Irvine, California. Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my guest for this evening, Joseph Leonard. How are you doing, Joseph? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good? Like I, like I always say, and I know I told you the last time, it's in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. I have my character say what I've been saying for decades. Remember, it could always be better, but it could often be worse. That is the truth. But uh, yeah, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, and of course, uh, not only do we have terror strikes coming to a city near you, we now have a new book of yours to uh, to look out for, don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, was hoping it would be out today, but we're having issues with the cover. So uh -oh. next week should be ready. How to write a book and get it published. You so know, that's can... that's the important part. Most people skip over is the how to get it published part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I know there's a lot of us you know, writers out there who would love to publish a book, but don't really know what to do, don't know how to go about it. So this book, How to Write a Book and Get It Published, which shares kind of my journey of conception to written word to published and even marketing after the fact of terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. So I kind of share the story of bringing that book to market to help others bring a story of theirs to market. <laughs> I was just thinking, so basically you've written a book telling people how to write a story by telling them about how you wrote a book about a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, what got you started on your path toward uh, toward writing any book? Uh, creative gene from my father's side of the family. He created the Polka Kings Band. And you can go to terrorstrikes.info under the More tab and see a tribute to my dad and the Polka Kings there. In uh, the three albums they put out, you could still get to this day. So I dabbled in music in the 70s and 80s, but, you know, things then aren't like they are now where everything is, you can digitize immediately while you record a laptop <laughs> and can instantly put it online to sell like nine cents a pop. Back then, oh, yeah. the only way to do it was get a record deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's still the dream of most uh, most musicians. Though I found is uh, is getting that big record deal, but uh, um, I know of uh, I know of at least one who uh, has decided to put that on the back burner while he makes some money doing uh, doing a tribute. Uh, he does a tribute band. Um, he uh, he uh, he's the lead singer of a band called the Kings of Queen. And uh, he plays the role of, uh, of Freddie Mercury. He does it quite well. And uh, um, 
yeah um yeah people have uh people he's re they're really in demand because of how much effort they put into uh really giving a queen type experience but uh um but yeah he's got all sorts of original music that uh that few people ever listen to it seems he, he's he's had a couple of hit minor very minor hits but uh um you know local uh to like the middle east and uh and some places in the u.s but uh definitely not putting him down for it he's uh he puts out some wonderful music and uh it's just hard to get noticed for originals anymore it is the market for music and even books is pretty mm. saturated but yeah. there is always a niche for just about anything which That's is why, why and how to write a book and get it published the marketing chapter is there because like i say in there so so you've gotten your book published. You think you're done? You're not done. <laughs> you're yep. just you're just moving to a new phase because nothing, almost nothing sells itself. Right. Even pancakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even IHOP has to advertise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is uh that is the truth. Yeah, I'm just one step along the uh on the way to marketing one's book anymore. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh actually I've taken some hints from uh from your book uh and uh I've started the uh the search on uh on writing a book about uh, about these shows. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like I say in How to Write a Book and Get It Published, uh, someone like you who has shows uh, or someone who writes blogs, you can mm -hmm. take and repurpose those. In your case, you can run your show audio through an online transcriber yep. and bam, you, you need to clean it up, but you've right. got most of a chapter from a show there need to add that may not have been part of that show or an update on what's happened since that show but yeah that you know 10 12 15 uh, oh yeah for sure book. um yeah i've been looking at uh, at transcription services and there are some nice ones out there uh, i'm looking at uh oh, which one is it I found fireflies.ai they uh they include quite a bit on their free uh on the free version of their service and uh and their uh, their 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 lowest level of paid version is $120 a year for uh for unlimited transcription credits so uh that uh that's looking like a pretty good deal I've requested a a demo of their uh of their service and how it works, but uh, I haven't heard back from them yet because I just did that in the wee hours of the morning today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different services yeah. out there to choose from. I, I don't go into no, that. No, the, in the technology book. changes so uh, fast, you really I, can't. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them to mm -hmm. choose from. And I always say use one, use their free option first. Oh yeah, absolutely. Looks. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I tried one and it couldn't tell the difference between different speakers. It just labeled everybody as speaker one. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. A lot of that's a lot of happened. errors. That's what happened with mine too. But that was all right. You know, the main thing was that I got the text 
and then it was mm -hmm. easy to pretty easy to clean it yeah. up after that because you'll get atrocious <laughs> punctuation and sometimes a wrong word you know it's like any text to speech right. program it, it's you know it's come a long way but it yeah. still has a way to go yep that's uh that's for sure um yeah god help us when the day comes when a computer can easily understand uh, normal speech <laughs> yeah yeah but i think a lot of the transcriptions uh if it's if you have like male and mm -hmm. female it can more easily distinguish and mm. differentiate based, you know, from the speech patterns and the uh, the the tone, the pitch. Uh, but if you got two or three guys together or two or three gals together, it, it gets it, it gets more difficult for it to understand who's yeah. saying what. Yep. Sorry, I forgot to turn off the uh, turn the phones back off. <laughs> It's reminding me that I have a show with you in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. So what are some of the other steps? Uh, what are some of the other pitfalls that, uh, that authors uh, can find out about in your book? Well, I, I, it's like everything, and I say you need to do your own research. I I mention a few of the self and uh, as I call it assisted mm -hmm. publishing firms, but you can bet they all have a nice slick website, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but they aren't all created equal. You got to make sure you check Better Business Bureau mm -hmm. reviews uh, because. The minute my book comes out, one of these firms could sell and change hands overnight, and you're dealing with a whole different crew mm -hmm. than the people I'm giving as anecdotal evidence for right. in my book. You know what I mean? So uh, you you always have to keep up and check Better Business yeah. Bureau profiles uh, to, to see... Uh, because they may have done great work a year ago, that doesn't mean sure, they still sure. do now. <laughs> yeah, review sites can uh, can certainly be uh, helpful in uh, in that case. But uh, I would think uh, stability would uh, definitely be a, uh, a a thing to look for in a uh, in your publishing house. But uh, um... yeah, because I mean, there's unless if you're doing mm -hmm. it all yourself, and you can go the free route. But the free route isn't right. really free. You still you still need someone else yep. to edit your book. That's going to cost you money. You still need someone to design you a cover. And unless if you know a great graphics art designer that's really mm -hmm. good with CAD or whatever, you know. So if you're going to invest some money, in my opinion, it's best to just go ahead and invest it into one of the better assisted publishing firms so you get that support and their expertise okay. from them what would be the one thing that uh that uh, you would say if you if you had to choose only one thing to invest your money in in the in the process of of writing publishing and marketing a book what would be that one thing oh i <laughs> 
kind of hard to say, yeah, but I, I guess the most, uh, for a sales-wise, from a marketing aspect point of view, people do judge your book yeah. by its cover. So your cover is one of the utmost of important things to invest money into, because if you can't catch somebody's eye with the, your cover, they're not going to look at any other words on your pages to see whether they're interested in buying the book or not. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm working because I do one of my uh, one of my businesses is uh, is marketing, and we're working with a uh, with an author, and that's one of the things that we have to work with him on is uh, his uh, his cover needs some work. It's it totally looks like um, it totally looks like a like it's a different kind of book. It's a it's a memoir, but the uh, cover yeah. looks like a horror. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. See, and, and I discussed that in my cover yeah. design chapter. Yeah, your cover has right. to match the book. Otherwise, you're somewhat engaging in false <laughs> advertisement. And you're going to get a flood of negative reviews because you misled yeah. them down the path to thinking that this book is this, right. but it's really that. And you get a lot of yeah. pissed off people. Well, your life may have been terrible, may have been horrible, but that doesn't make it a horror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna help him. He's gonna we're gonna help him get uh, get on the get on the straight and narrow, and. Uh, and all but uh, um but yeah um okay um let's see there's some other good things we can talk about um now your first book terror strikes coming to a city near you um was uh was kind of about uh, about terrorism kinda and uh and all um how did you come up upon uh, upon writing uh, about writing that book well, that came to me in a dream in 2006. Okay. Most most of my writings come to me in mm -hmm. vivid dreams, you know, and uh, sometimes you wake up and a dream is fleeting and it just leaves your brain, where some of them are so vivid and so, I, I don't know what word to pick here, but they grab you and they hang on and they linger days, weeks, months, years thereafter. And uh, those I usually then tend to put into a book in some shape or form. And like I said, 2006, it came to me. Uh, the book didn't completely come together. So I set it aside thinking, you know, six months from now, I'll pick it up or a year. And lo and behold, 15 years later, <laughs> in, <laughs> in 2021, the dream came back which then shook me to say, okay, I get it. Now's the time for this book. And and it is because of coming out of the Wuhan virus hysteria 24-7 on TV. Some yeah. people are under the silly notion that terrorism went away just because they're not seeing it on their nightly news every night. Right. That's the 24-hour news cycle for you. Yeah. Yep, and and yeah, terrorism is the main thread. It's historical fiction. I call it faction, mm -hmm. part fact, part fiction, uh, because a lot of people claim they would never forget 
but they have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this serves kind of as a warning and a wake-up call in many respects. And like I like to say, it's terrorism, however, it's not a book about death, but right. of one of life and living. Okay. As the, you know, kind of the main underlying moral of the story and, and uh, live your life. Don't be afraid because that's the point of a terrorist to make right. you and keep you afraid to bend you to their will. Well, don't be afraid. But don't be stupid either, right? Right. right. <laughs> you have to have a certain degree of situational awareness about you in this time, modern time, even not oh, yeah. just with terrorism, with rampant crime on the rise all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've had some uh, some definite uh, new crime bad crime statistics coming out uh, out here in uh, the greater LA region, and. Uh, um, you know, it's just uh, it's just awful. Thankfully, it hasn't really uh, it hasn't hit home for me yet. Um, but uh, then again, uh, I was uh, I was trained for situational awareness and uh, and uh, have uh, have eyes in the back of my head. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But yet so many people are shocked. You keep mm -hmm. letting criminals right back out on the street and yeah. wonder why there's more crime. Gee, what a shocker! If you yeah. only had two working brain cells to figure out that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they keep getting rid of uh, they keep getting rid of all the all the programs that might have led to some form of rehabilitation, and you know, some people who would have been uh, would have been good citizens, if you will, um, you know, have no other choice but to go back to crime because they're treated like criminals constantly yeah and uh you know yeah. it's like if you can't get a if you can't get a job at least a decent job then what else are you going to do you know you can't uh, you can't live anywhere you can't get a job anywhere so you have to go you have to steal somebody's identity and go underground yeah and uh you know it's i mean i'm not saying that everybody who's an ex-con was going to go straight you know it's like uh it's like uh you know, you hear about these unfortunate, uh, you know, killings of kids and and all, and it seems like every kid who's ever uh, who have, who's ever met a, a bad end was uh, on their way to becoming a doctor or something yeah. like that. You know, it's like, oh, he was a saint, but that's you know, we know that's not true. But some yeah. of them were, some of them were. You know, no. some people who've who spent time. I know, I know people who've uh, spent uh, time as uh, guests of the state. Uh, <laughs> who uh, who really didn't want to be there and didn't think they were going to go there and certainly don't want to go back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is why and, I, uh, I support uh, the, the second chance kind of programs and yeah. also the uh, different various groups uh, uh, that, uh, like Innocent Projects, mm -hmm. they all have similar names. Because oh, oh, yeah. there are definitely people behind bars that are, were indeed innocent. I have yeah. no doubt of that also. Yeah. And also Michigan years back passed an expungement law. So for certain crimes, you know, mm -hmm. certain minor crimes, uh, uh, if, if you're on the straight and narrow for a certain amount of time, then you mm -hmm. can get 
your record expunged to, you know, like you said, so you can get a job. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of employers won't take a chance, which is why you've got to have those second chance operations out there to help get people back on their feet and able and, and working uh, in, in a low-key kind of low-scale setting uh, to see, to show others they are indeed on the straight and employable. Yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah, we we definitely need programs like that and uh, and laws like that. Uh, um, California is working on an expungement uh, law right now. Of course, uh, they'll probably take it too far. And of do, course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the letting criminals. You know, I agree there can be a certain degree of uh, justice reform, mm -hmm. but there are people who then automatically you give the inch, they take a mile. They, they yeah. always go overboard. They go way too far. And we're, we're seeing that every day. And sadly, people are dying because of it. Yeah. We're letting murderers and rapists literally right back out on the streets. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough thing to know where that line is between uh, between the reformable and the uh, and the, the bad seed. You know, but uh, for sure. But, uh, um, you know, of course, uh, there's still tons of terror going on around in the world. Did yeah. you freeze? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I fear with the open border that it it's only a matter of time because, I'm you know, the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security is made up of people and people are fallible yep. and uh, dots can be missed again, like yeah. could have prevented 9-11 had we deported all those who overstayed their visa, 9-11 uh, mm -hmm. could have been avoided had they all been deported. They wouldn't have been here. And yet every day, countless thousands are pouring across our southern border, and yeah. some of those people are terrorists. <laughs> or would be terrorists anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Planning, planning <laughs> to become. Yeah, exactly. But on the other hand, a lot of them, and I've, I've met quite a few of them, um, you know, really are just looking to, uh, to make a better life for themselves and their families. And so there needs to be a, a process in place to, uh, to allow those who would work and, uh, and better our country in while keeping those who would not out. Yep. By coming through the front door yeah. and being vetted, and yep. yeah, a meritocracy. Yeah, it's another um, another thing that uh, that there could definitely be room for uh, for improvement and reform in. You know, it's uh, yeah, because there's nobody I know that's against all immigration. Right. No one. I have nobody. I mean, please point me out to one somewhere. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> says, oh, yeah, we need to terminate all. You know, I've heard a few people float the concept of having an honest discussion of whether or not because so many illegals have poured in here. Mm -hmm. Millions upon millions we have that yeah. need to work through the system and assimilate or whatever that perhaps like during the Eisenhower years, we did shut down all immigration yeah. for a couple of years to say, hey, 
we need to get a handle on this. But it, most people r really won't don't want to even go that far. We just want to make sure that you're just not coming here to get on the welfare rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, or cause trouble of yeah. some kind. Commit crimes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy what's uh, what's going on uh, down there. Um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely problems on both side of the sides of the argument. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and they're float. People are again trying to float the amnesty. Uh, thing yeah yeah Am amnesty i'm sorry will just lead to more illegals because then they will have an expectation there will be yet another amnesty later mm -hmm. the worst thing ronald reagan ever did as president was make a deal with uh with uh speaker foley and teddy kennedy mm -hmm. for amnesty we millions were granted amnesty but zero border security improvements that were promised yeah. were ever funded. Yeah. Well, it's so difficult to, I mean, the border is so huge and, uh, you know, and, uh, and taxes are high enough. And, uh, and so it's really difficult to, to protect the entire border, you know? Um, I mean, uh, you know, since, especially since most people who come to the country who don't come illegally, but become illegals while they're here by overstaying uh, their visas. Yeah. Uh, more uh, more people enter this country through uh, through the airplanes than uh, than they do uh, running across the border. Well, and, I would uh, I would have you know? would have said that were true years ago. Yeah, that, that's not true today. But, but yeah, I I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, still, there's you know, there's uh, there's got to be better ways to uh, to make the system work, and uh, um, you know, and uh, and let in people with merit and, and yeah, uh, yeah. You know. But if your first action is to break our immigration law, mm. how can we trust you to not break other laws? Well, it's the old question of uh, of Les Misérables. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, somebody uh, somebody goes to prison for stealing a loaf of bread to eat. You know, yeah, they broke the law, but for what reason? Yeah, that's you know? that's a different situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but most most of these people aren't 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 starving. Aren't Jean Valjean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love Les Mis play. Yeah. I've seen that countless times and. In fact, they're advertising it again on our local TV, uh, Fisher nice. Theater. Lame is a showing like December 20th through the December 29th or something like that okay. at the Fisher Theater here in Detroit again. But uh, I, I avoid going to sporting events and plays and that stuff now because the security is such a problem. And I, I just now that I'm getting older, I just don't want to fight those crowds, you know? <laughs> I'd rather just sit at home and watch something on TV. <laughs> now, wait wait a second. I got to open the door and say, get off my lawn! Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning into one of those. 
<laughs> oh no. Well, thankfully I don't have a lawn. So uh <laughs> So right now I can't turn into one of those. But uh um But yeah, um you know, another well, another uh, another thing I think we need to put more effort into is uh not just keeping out the bad and letting in the good, but changing the world for the better so that people don't want to come here as much. Yeah. You know, if yeah. uh if people had better economic situations in their uh, in their home countries, it's better education and uh and better opportunities, then uh there'd be no reason to cross the border legally or illegally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all our most of our foreign aid goes into the pockets of the dictators and the you know yeah. that run the country. That's if for the sure. money actually got to people who needed it to help them, you know, like uh, uh, I, I always give Bono a lot of credit. Uh, <laughs> he's he seems to have uh, uh, red pilled somewhat. He used to be, you know, a heavy believer in just, you know, the old give a man a fish principle just give them fish they just remain dependent on you you need to right. teach them how to fish yeah. for themselves oh and yeah bono during the gw bush years finally saw the light he was involved with gw bush in the thousand points of light uh organization about teaching skills so yeah. someone can start a business in mm -hmm. africa uh, you know, and become less and not be dependent. And perhaps yeah. if their business grows, hire more. You've got to build up the community at the community level, not at the head of state level. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, another uh, another great example of, uh, of that kind of thing is actual, well, a terrible example Um you know, but a but a great example nonetheless is uh, Afghanistan. Um, you know, after uh, after the uh, the Russians were expunged, if we had stayed there a little while longer yep. and built helped them build schools and roads and yep. and an infrastructure and all that thing, the Taliban never would have come into power. And uh, absolutely, um, you know, and uh, and well, a certain uh, a certain day. Never would have uh, made that big a difference to anybody. Yeah, but sadly, that people try to dismiss that as nation building. Well, yeah, but yeah. that's what works. Yeah. It's what worked after World War One. Mm -hmm. It's what worked after World War Two. If if you just leave your enemy in destitution and squalor, mm -hmm. they're going to hate you. Yeah. And they're going to want to hit you again. I well, mean, look, look what happened between World War One and World War Two with Germany. Yeah, you know, we punished them for uh, for World War One and uh, decimated their economy, and there was nowhere else to go. Yep, exactly right. But some people fail to learn those lessons. Right. And uh, yeah, you you gave a very good, fairly recent example. With yeah. Afghanistan, that's exactly the. Yeah. But again, it's the need to build up the communities, not the heads of state. Right. That then just pocket the money, you right. know, in the, only a few cronies 
get their hands on any of it. And and we were doing a good job of building up Afghanistan mm-hmm. uh, and, until the botched withdrawal and the Taliban came in and yep. basically destroyed all the things we built for the people and yep. girls no longer going to school, uh, you know, all in the, all covered up again. They have no rights again, but yet certain people cry about women's rights in this country but we abandoned the women of Afghanistan. Yeah. Who, you know, many of whom were on our side and helping us. They wanted freedom. And, you know, granted, we, we cannot rebuild every nation on earth. Right. Uh, you, we got to pick and choose because we can't help ourselves if we go bankrupt. And it's the same thing yeah. with all the aid we send to South America. Uh, so you've got to pick and choose some battles and try to make it so that the private sector comes in and helps and builds the thing. A private company come in and build a, a, a factory so that it can hire locals. So then those locals have money to then start their own businesses with. And it builds from there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Capitalism, uh, when guided by uh, by those who are enlightened about the uh, well, the phrase I, I keep going back to it: a rising tide lifts all boats. It really does, you know. It really does. And, yeah. Uh, if they're if they're guided by uh, by that basic principle of capitalism, then uh, then yeah, then capitalism works. Yeah, and you don't make poor people rich by stealing the money from the rich. No, that, that doesn't help. That just makes everybody poor. Right. You got to do as much as you can to create as much wealth that more people can have access to. Yeah, there will always be some rich among us. I, I, I you know, this idiotic notion of socialism. The ruling elite are always mm-hmm. well to do and do well yeah. for themselves. Oh it's yeah, everybody else suffers and is equally poor. So I'd rather the capitalist free market system where you at least have a chance of getting ahead versus you're absolutely going to remain in squalor the rest of your life under communism. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Actually, uh, um, one uh, one of my other day jobs, my passion project, is uh, teaching uh, ethical leadership. And uh, um, I'm actually going to start a mastermind this next year on, uh, on ethical leadership and hopefully uh, get some new, uh, new leaders out there uh, trained how to do things the right way. Yeah, and, that, uh, bringing, together, be... bringing together teams of communities and, uh, um, you know, with because uh, uh, definitely I am a capitalist. Yeah, I, well, I, I keep been... failing at it, but I, I still try. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't rich yet. <laughs> and that's going to be an uphill climb because there's no such thing as ethics and morals from our school systems. Yeah. So we've got generations of people who it's all all about me and what can I get right this second. Right. And who yep. do I have to trample to get it? The, yep. uh, the egoist no philosophy anymore. Yep. Yep. Got to get them up to the enlightened egoist because you can't teach them how to be anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
Yep, for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, getting getting more stuff to uh, to the people who uh, who need it the most is probably about the best way to uh, to reduce terrorism and uh, and get uh, and get the world on a on a peaceful slant. You know, at least where we don't have to uh, take off our shoes at the airport anymore. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what that's, <laughs> you know. That charade is is still going on. As oh yeah, as it is. security it is theater. Nothing but a charade. Yep. And uh, yeah, security theater. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you're religious out there listening or not, uh, I'm not trying to push this. My, you know, Christianity on anybody here, <laughs> but I'm saying like Jesus said, or if you don't believe me, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, pick Gandhi or whomever. <laughs> they know there will always be poor among us because some people will never ever will or will always refuse to help themselves. Right. You know. Yeah. A better world's a better world, whether you we got there some, by helping other people or not. Yeah, and but uh, it's certainly one, a lot easier doing it uh, by helping others. Yeah, but from my perspective as a Christian, to be my brother's keeper is yep. an important aspect. But you got to distinguish between those you can give a helping hand to, and those who just want to keep you giving them handouts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Amen and hallelujah to that, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, you got to remember the other two, the other well, four podcasts I do during the course of the of an average week now are all Christian uh, themed. So, <laughs> <laughs> two in English and two in Spanish. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, so that's where uh, that's where a lot of uh, a lot of my teaching comes from is uh, is the Bible. Grew up with it, and uh, and certainly proud to uh, to uh, to share it with others. Yeah, because, uh, it well, is I, the best way. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who. I mean, there's. I I'm drawing a blank right now on uh, uh, a a phrase that is common. You know, there are several phrases that are common out of the Bible that people that aren't religious at all will quote having no clue they're actually kind of <laughs> quoting the Bible. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. you don't have to have a specific official faith to believe in morals and goodness. Look right. at Penn of Penn and Teller. Mm -hmm. He's a well-known atheist, yes. but he has a sense of ethics and morals mm -hmm. and understands thou shalt not kill is right. sensible doctrine regardless yeah. of Moses law. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do like, uh, I do like Penn. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's come out with quite a few good things. Uh, yeah. The only, uh, the only thing I think I could hold against him is, uh, is his atheism, but at least he's not militant. Like some of them are not like, uh, not right. like, uh, what's his name? Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah, mean, don't get me wrong. I'm out proselytizing it uh, at, at the opportunities I take. Uh, you know, spreading the spreading the word when I can. But good lord, he takes uh, he takes uh, the evangelism of atheism to the to the next level. Yeah, yeah. That's just uh, I, yeah. 
for <laughs> for someone who doesn't believe in a deity, you seem awfully hateful of this deity you say don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. I, I, it's like the old saying, doth protest too much, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah. People are what they are, and we have to deal with it or or not. But uh, um, but yeah, and so uh, so we've been, you know, it's always the time always flies when uh, when you're on the show, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we we've gone through uh, forty minutes. So the books are Terror Strikes, coming to a city near you, and uh, and how to write how to write a book and get it published. Yep. Yep, Highly that, recommend that one, especially since I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. If you're anywhere near Bill, buy a co- Well, it's coming out only in ebook first. Right. So I, I was going to say buy a copy and get you to sign it for them, but it's kind of hard. Yeah, I don't think they want you to sharpie their Kindle. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But uh, but doing it as an ebook only at first was the quicker, easier way to be able to get it in people's hands mm-hmm. uh, this month because December is National Novel Writing Month. So okay. Yeah. So you so, know that's the month to promote a book like this, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned. Uh, the uh, the link is going to be in the description. And uh, um, and so uh, as soon as it's available, you can go out and uh, or not go out and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Stay home and buy it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And because uh, it will be available, it'll be available on Amazon, right? Yeah, Amazon will be the first place. It'll be up uh, a few weeks later in Apple Books or a Barnes and Noble Nook. Or there's a site called Smashwords uh, that you can can get electronic books through Smashwords. Interesting. Yeah. So you could order it direct from there. Probably the first week of January, it will be up at all those other places. But first, yeah, Kindle's the quickest and easiest place to get it going. Uh, So that's where it's going first. Yep, yep. Yep, give Jeff Bezos uh, a few more, uh, yeah, a few more I'm, of our pennies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not anxious and eager to do that. But you know, unfortunately, that's where the book market mostly is these days. Eighty percent of books are all sold through Amazon. So. Yeah, yeah, but it has allowed a lot of people to uh, to become published authors. That's for sure. Yes, yes, it, so, it uh, certainly has. Yeah, yeah. Just wish more of them would have gotten editors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a whole chapter in how to write a book and get get it published on editing. Yeah. You you need a good editor. Yeah. You really do. Good editor, good proofreader, and some uh and a few people to uh to read it and uh and give reviews. Yep. So yep. give a little feedback. I, I go into <laughs> that. There's a reviews chapter. And uh, also cover where to go to help get some initial reviews in the marketing chapter, because yeah, you 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 because sadly there are trolls, yeah. you know, hateful trolls. 
that you come across on social media and you say something they don't like, they can't counter your discussion. So what do they do? They engage in ad hominem attacks. And if they know you got a book, they'll go and leave a negative review, even though they've not read your book. So yeah, you need to rack up some positive reviews as soon as possible. So those (laughs) trolls can't destroy your rating. You're, you know, you're five. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go after the worst of the worst reviews and just put the put absolutely ridiculously terrible reviews on on my book. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, a, it's like a terrible movie. Psychology, right? Yeah, that's right. It's like a terrible movie, like uh, like Plan Nine or uh, or uh, or <laughs> Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's like yeah, oh. you know, just just the ridiculously terrible ones. <laughs> You're talking about terrible movies. I want to share two movies. Okay. I saw, since we're in Christmas season, I saw Violent Night, and okay. it was actually pretty good. And it's not as gory as you, like, like a Purge film is or anything like right. that. So, And it's actually kind of funny and cute in places. So I gave okay. it an A-. But there's another one called The Mean One. I give it a I've deep- seen the ads for it. I give it a D plus, but I tell you, it could literally become the next Rocky Horror Picture Show cult <laughs> classic. You know, every Christmas nice. Eve at midnight, it will play in theaters for fans that love to hate on it because it's unintentionally funny. The acting is reasonable, but the script and the cinematography is horrendous. But I, I felt compelled <laughs> to say to the end because I give them a lot of credit. Because what it is, the mean one, right? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. It's a play on the Dr. Seuss Grinch movie. It's an alternate reality Grinch movie. And it's not a cartoon. (laughs) It's live action. Mm -hmm. So so if you want a bad movie, I recommend that one. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to see that one. That's uh, that one's right up my alley. I think sometimes I'd rather watch a terrible movie than a good movie. Because a good movie can't be good all the way through. There is no perfect movie out there. There's always going right. to be something in the movie that disappoints. But a bad movie can be bad to the bone. And uh, and it is exactly what you think it is. And uh, and it cannot disappoint you because it's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, I mean... A degree of cleverness there. Like, do you remember the movie They Live? Yes. Yeah, with the what, 18 minute (laughs) fight scene in it? It was like, oh my God, how unrealistic is this? But I love that movie to death. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My my grandmother's favorite was The Claw, The Giant Claw. It was about a (laughs) a, a giant bird. It was an old black and white movie. And and uh, yeah, the and the giant claw, and she'd she'd reach her hand up, you know, go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get my love of terrible movies from her. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost a genre in itself, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, oh yes, go out and watch a couple of terrible movies. Hey, it's it's the Christmas season. There's plenty of terrible movies out there. <laughs> yeah, well, Violent Night, like I said, I I I did enjoy it, and yeah. I uh, 
So the, the day, uh, the minute I got home from the theater, I went on all my social media, you know, uh, platforms. I'm on 15 of them, and and posted, "Move over, Die Hard." There's now a new number one action Christmas movie. <laughs> it's Violent Night. Because <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, I, if Bruce I Willis a... could hear you, he'd uh, he'd be <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another one out that's really good though too. With uh, yeah, uh, what's it? Oh, with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, the new the new uh, the new Christmas Carol takeoff. Spirited. It's Spirited. There Spirited. we go. Yes. It's really weird, but it's a very weird, clever reimagining of 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 a Christmas story. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have Apple TV, so I'll have to wait until it uh, comes out in more wide release. Yeah. But... Well, that one I would say is even worth seeing at the theater. It's still at the at oh, limited still at the theaters. theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. So, I, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be a theater somewhere near me that's uh, that's showing it. Yeah, Apple decided to. Well, for contractual purposes, it had to have at least a limited theater run. Sure. Uh, otherwise, Farrell and Reynolds wouldn't have signed on to it. Yeah, I, I could believe that. So, all right. Before we get to too many more uh, awkward silences. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Do well, you have normally, anything else to say to the fine people? Yeah, there normally isn't any silences with me. I'm usually a <laughs> blabbermouth, but I just came back from a Christmas party, so I was out and about in the cold, and I haven't been sleeping well lately, so yeah. I, I'm running on fumes these days. So <laughs> there's more awkward pauses than normal would usually occur with me. Yeah. And uh, I guess just to, to remind everybody... Uh, Joseph M. Leonard.us. Uh, Leonard does not have an O in it. It right. looks like Leonard, but it's not Leonard <laughs> with no O. And you need Joseph M. Leonard if you're Googling me because there's another Joseph Leonard from North Carolina that's an author that I don't want you mistaking, obviously. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, I had, don't want uh, you to mistake me for him or him for me. Nope, nope. My last guest uh, um, wrote a romantic, uh, a, a, a romantic suspense or a suspenseful romance novel or something. It, it was a it was a memoir about uh, um, about him uh, um, staying true to his first love for eight years um, while he grew up and uh, and tried to get back to her. And there's somebody else out there with his same name who is also an author. Um, uh -huh. And uh, but uh, um, but yeah, wrote. I don't remember the name of the of the book he wrote, but it had the word nympho in it. So uh, really, not the same kind of book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I have the middle initial in there, Joseph M. Leonard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because he goes by Joseph Leonard, or I, I don't know. He could be French. It might be Leonard. I've tried reaching <laughs> out to him. He doesn't get back to me. So. Oh, that's not nice. That's <laughs> not fun. 
You should write no. a book. You, you should get back to you. The two of you could, uh, could conspire on a book together. I I know. I that's I know. I've I've talked about that. I've <laughs> joked about a couple other podcasts to have two Joseph Leonard's on the same show at the same time. That would be awesome. <laughs> and see how fun the confusion gets. <laughs> <laughs> I had two Richards scheduled for one show once. They had different last names, but they were both Richards. Uh-huh. That's that's trouble enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's especially funny considering that uh, uh, that I don't put my I don't normally put my guests together. They're randomly generated. Right. <laughs> yep. So uh, so yeah so uh, go out and uh, or stay in and get yourself a copy of Terror Strikes coming to a city near you, um, so you can have something to read while you wait for how to write a book and get it published. So. <laughs> yep. Which you will well, also stay in and get. They are co kind of, uh, I don't want to say codependent, but uh, they complement each other because, again, how to write a book and get it published is kind of uh, the easiest way to give my advice was <laughs> to share what I went through getting mm -hmm. terror strikes coming soon to a city near you to market. Right. So I, I recommend in how to write a book and get it published you buy terror strikes coming soon to city near you to see how all the things I'm telling you and how to write was uh, applied practically in terror strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So almost almost kind of companion pieces. Nice. A companion book. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy many copies, give them to your friends, make great Christmas presents. <laughs> yep. Well, they certainly do. And if you want an autographed copy, if you've got a U.S. Uh, address, you can go to terrorstrikes.info slash buy and get an autographed copy direct from me. If you, know, if you want it made to somebody else, make sure you also click the contact tab and reach out and say, hey, I just bought a copy. I want it made out to so-and-so, not me. You know what I mean? So I okay, can cool. personally autograph a copy. Uh, if you order in the next couple days, it should get to you for Christmas. Nice. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they will. Yeah, I think the, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think there's still a couple days left. But uh, um, yeah, so terrorstrikes.info, right? Yep. And Joseph M. Leonard with no O, well, one O, because there's no O in Joseph. But with yeah. no O. <laughs> dot us yes correct okay the links will be in the uh in the description as per the usual and uh so uh you can find it quite easily and uh um and uh learn more about uh joseph and uh and his books and buy a few so <laughs> well it's been fun and i look forward to having you on the show again yeah thanks for having me again bill i appreciate it been a pleasure as always and uh, be safe out there remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the closing credits thank you all for tuning in this has been a presentation of bald spots productions i'd like to thank my producer my beloved mother eileen hack i am of course your humble host i'd like to thank my beloved ed mcmahon rudy corlew and my special guest joseph m leonard if you feel so led, support the show over on Patreon.com at Bald Spots Pro. 
And uh, don't you dare miss uh, YWL Online. Uh, normally they come up on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and uh, wherever podcasts are broadcast. Uh, tune in uh, next time for George Bentley and Glenda Benavides. Please like, comment, and share to stay informed. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. That is the point, of course. This, of course, has been Not Quite After Midnight, and thank you all for tuning in. Have a wonderful one ever. <laughs>